0: From God's Word, taken from Hebrews chapter 11. Because if we don't have Scripture to guide us, we have nothing in front of us to guide the way. And in a, in a process like this, where there's a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainties, you're going to ask me questions, I'm going to go, I don't know. We're going to figure it out together. But there will be a guiding principle. God's Word will be out ahead of us, guiding us. And so I, I thought, Today it'd be a great idea to start with a scripture that takes that idea of how we follow by faith, trusting God to help us do whatever it takes to comply with, to obey his word. Uh, If you're married and you've had tough times, how many of you have been married for more than three days and you've never had a fight, would you raise your hand? You've never fussed, never one time. Never. I am assuming that everyone here has had at least one spat in their life. Is that true? You've had one disagreement. And, and that's, that's because moving parts create friction. But you have, and you're still together as of today, and What has kept Kathy and me together is that when we first got married and we said we both love Jesus, for us, divorce is not an option. And so out ahead of us is a truth principle, a verse in Scripture speaking very specifically about divorce. That doesn't mean if you've been divorced that God can never use you. I'm not saying that. God God absolutely specializes in picking up the pieces of our broken lives. But what keeps Kathy and I going is a truth principle. God's word, it's out ahead of us. It tells us how to live. And by faith, we aspire to do whatever it takes to follow that truth principle. And so our first verse today comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 8. And uh, I'd I'd like you guys, it's in your notes, if you have the hard, hard copy notes, or you can certainly access it online. But would you guys read this verse with me? Would you join me? Let's read it together. Let's read it out loud. Do whatever it takes to remember them. Tie a reminder on your hand and bind a reminder on your forehead where you'll see it all the time. Now, really... In the context here of this passage, what it's saying, and you can't miss this, do whatever it takes to remember them. What's the them? That's the key question here. The them is the truth principles. And so what this passage is telling us is do whatever it takes to remember, to keep in front of you God's word. And that's why we constantly challenge you to read God's Word. We constantly point to the ABT spiritual growth ladder to your right, to your left. If you're new here and you're seeing, what's that ladder thing? Those are individual steps that help you see what God's Word teaches so that you can do whatever it takes to follow after that. And those who are willing by faith, and in other words, for doing whatever it takes is to say, By faith. I, I'm willing to go after and chase after what God's asked me to do because sometimes it's not the easiest thing to do. Now, because this is kind of a strange image for you, tying something on your hand and, uh, you know, tethering it around your head, I, I've got a little idea of, of, that maybe this will make more sense. There we go. Here's a young man at his bar mitzvah. Uh, this is called, the little box on his forehead is called a phylactery a phylactery. The purpose of this box for this young man going through his bar mitzvah is to remember this scripture from Deuteronomy that God has asked his people to put the truth. So what they would do is take a little piece of paper and take some of the word of God and they put it in the box. So that it is a constant reminder. You walk around with a box on your forehead all day long. Or another one on the back of your hand here strapped on with leather straps. You are literally doing what this scripture says. However, today I I don't think it's necessarily important that we have a literal box. And most uh, Jewish people who are bar mitzvah do not do that every day. It's a reminder. It's a visual. Uh, There are, however, Hasidic Jews... Uh, even to this day, who still wear this as everyday attire. And, and frankly, I have nothing but respect for them. I, but I'm here to tell you today that those of us that will have a whatever it takes faith, we've got to have something more than a just a seems to be the right thing to do or more than just, yeah, I like that idea thing to do. We've got to be driven and compelled and called by something. To live by faith, to have a whatever-it-takes kind of faith, a faith that that inspires you to overcome all obstacles, you've got to have something in front of you, and that something is God's Word. And, And so, today I'm going to give you three thoughts very quickly. It's only going to take me about five minutes to give you this. So I want to talk quickly. You listen quickly. In your notes... Write it down. Number one, faith that does whatever it takes, it doesn't need worldly recognition. You see, when God's word is guiding you, not popular opinion or popular polls. You know how how a lot of politicians decide how they're gonna vote? You all know this to be true. They go outside and, you know, they kind of put the finger up in there, a little water on it so you can feel which way the wind's coming from. And they make up their mind to do what they're going to do based on what they think popular opinion is. And we have done this with morals, our moral standards. We have done this in regards to marriage. We have done this in regards to virtually every moral issue. You know, the the Ten Commandments are not the ten suggestions. God has put out in front of us truth principles that we're supposed to pursue. And he says, put them in front of you. And and this idea of faith that does whatever it takes doesn't need recognition. Another way to say that, it doesn't need popular approval. You are not, if you're still a student in school, you understand what peer pressure is and you feel the pressure to conform and do what everybody else is doing, but faith that will do whatever it takes to follow that truth principle, to, to lock in on what does God want, what does he think, what matters the most, it's not going to give in to recognition. And that's what this verse says. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. Listen in. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Man, there was a lot on the line here. But in the context of this passage, it's clearly saying Moses opted for a way that was not tied into recognition. Moses was willing to bypass the recognition of popular opinion so that he could do what he knew was right, right? We're always going to be pulled by the world. Everybody listened in on that. That's big. It never goes away when you're 29, 39, 49, 59. There's always a peer pressure there. But faith does whatever it takes. It's not drawn into sin because of worldly recognition. Number two, faith that does whatever it takes is not defeated by hard times. In fact, it chooses intentionally not the easy way, the path less traveled. If God's calling you to do something, you lock in. If you've got truth principle out there in front of you that is God's truth, then don't don't, don't expect it to be easy. It, Hebrews 11.25, the next verse here, talking about Moses. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. When you have faith that does whatever it takes, you are willing to choose not. The easy way, but the hard way. So everyone here who is a person of faith will experience it sometimes, a, a moment. We as a church, are, are, we're not gonna have some easy choices. We're gonna have some hard choices. But we've gotta be driven by what God's called us to do, and that's what gets out in front of us. Number three, faith that does whatever it takes always focuses on what is ahead. It, it is able to separate itself from the immediate issues of comfort and pleasure, and and it'll let you focus on what's ahead. Here's the scripture, this is what's gonna guide us here. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ. And and I, I don't know about you, maybe you missed this. This is written to Hebrew believers, followers of Christ, talking about Moses in the Old Testament. You with me? Christ had not yet come. And so the word, our English word, Christ, literally represents Messiah. So, so in the Hebrew, Moses looked forward to compliance to Messiah Christ to come, Jesus the Messiah, for the sake of Christ and to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead, what's that last word? To his great what? Reward. A life of a believer, a person of faith, looks beyond the temporal and sees the reward and is willing to buy into delayed gratification, if you want to think of it that way. People of faith can trust God and and the truth of his word will get out ahead of you and and you can make that your guiding experience in life. I, I, I guess to make this practical and tangible... Uh, you got to start measuring your life. You got to evaluate honestly and, and ask the question: Are you living a temporal life or an eternal life? And some different ways to figure that out. Get your check. Go online this afternoon. Pull up your checking account. Look at your debits from the last couple of months. Where does kingdom work and God's plan fit in to how you spend your resources? And and so as God's people. We've been called. We've been called. It's clear. You know, we come up against a thing like today. You know, we've got our one-at-a-time offering when you, you leave. It's the third Sunday. You say, well, Ed, we're in a building program now. We're, we're going to save for that. How can we afford to do that? Well, we can't afford not to do it, frankly. And if you're new and you're a guest, our one-at-a-time offering is at the close of the service. On the third Sunday of the month, we designate an offering for a family in our church that is struggling, has an urgent need, and in a church our size, there are no shortage. There is no shortage of people who are hurting and need help. And it doesn't go in our general budget. It doesn't go in the building fund. It goes right in to helping someone get by that month. So look at what you're doing with your resources. Ask the question, am I being guided by Jesus principles, truth principles from God's word? Let me give you one last, final verse, and, and I'll, I'll wrap it up here with this idea from Mark chapter ten, verse twenty-one. Uh, Jesus had been talking to a guy; they've been hanging out, and he's saying, "Hey, listen, you, you seem to have this pretty well figured out. You 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 want to follow me? You want to you want to be my follower?" But Jesus knew because Jesus knows our heart. You know, you might fake everybody else out, but Jesus knows your heart. So he looks at this guy, and here's what he says: Jesus looking at him loved him and said to him, one thing you lack. I mean, this was a good guy. He's doing a lot of things right. He says, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come take up your cross and follow me. The scripture goes on to say this guy left pretty sad because he had a lot of stuff. He had a lot of stuff. Scripture very rarely will ask us to give it all, Jesus, I don't believe, was necessarily focused on that. He just wanted this guy to know he was holding back. And I think what it is, is he wants us to be willing to do whatever it takes to go so far as to give it all if he calls upon us to do that. Ultimately, that's what we're called to do, whatever it takes, be willing to. And so I'm gonna ask you, if you would, now to stand with me very quietly. Heads are bowed, no one's looking around. We're going to pull this to a moment of decision and a moment of prayerful reflection. There are folks here today ready to be baptized. And so I'm going to ask you right now, you know where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do. Would you just kind of slip out and quietly go where the 13 folks being baptized today? Make your way to your designated area and kind of take your spot, if you would, down front here. But those of you who remain, kind of heads bowed, no one one looking around. Let's make this really a time of personal reflection and personal heart examination. let's, Let's ask God to ask us today. You know, we haven't been asked to strap a little box on our forehead, but the principle is the same. God's word is supposed to be out in front of us. That's how you have a whatever it takes kind of faith. A faith that inspires you to follow truth. And so I, I in your notes, I, I give you a little place to write down. What do I put in front of me that, that inspires me, that draws me out there? How do I keep God's word in front of me? You may want to put a scripture verse on the visor of your car, on the mirror where you shave in the morning. That's a tangible something you can do. You guys that travel, heads are bowed. Listen up now. For me, because of the idea of moral purity, when I traveled for six years preaching in different churches every week, I took a picture of my family because there's biblical truth to that, that that God has called me to love my wife. And I would put a picture of my family on the TV because I knew guys that got out on the road and messed up. And I wanted that in front of me. So come up with some tangible things now. If you're messing up, you better tie something. Even go so far as tie something on your wrist. Because the the only thing that will carry you through this life is the truth of his word. That's the only thing that will give you faith. Some of you are wondering, why is my faith not any stronger? It's because you don't have the word out in front of you that draws your faith forward. Thank you for listening today. We hope your heart was inspired. For more information or directions, visit us at abt316.com.